Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Somos Mas, the official podcast of Somos Mas NM and your source for the biggest corporate shills you've ever seen. My name, of course, is Seth Goodoff. Joining me this evening, we have the uh, soon to be married, Earl Nieto. Congratulations, Earl. Congratulations, Marlena. You guys got engaged over the weekend. So congratulations to you guys. How did you do it? How did you pop the big question? And uh, are you still surprised that she said yes? So I'm going to start backwards. So everyone is surprised she said yes. And if you've ever met Marlena, she um, she kind of has some sarcasm to her mm-hmm. and some quirkiness to her. So, yes, I am surprised she said yes and didn't have some kind of bullshit answer, um, which thanks because I appreciate not being embarrassed. Um, how did it happen? We were at the 4th of July in Mountain Air. Um, my fucking point. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, she's entered the building. Um, so what happened was I kind of tricked her into playing a game where she had to dip her face in some uh, whipped cream to dig for some olives. She was not happy about it. I knew all along what was happening. Um, first of five, one. Um, she got two. She says three. I could have sworn I counted four, but then I don't know how to count. Math is not my forte. Um, my brother actually won that one. She turned around, saw his hand up, turned back around, got more whipped cream on her face to be a jackass. Um, and I say that in the most loving way. Um Comes to get more whipped cream on my face than what was on hers. And there I was on my knee and asked her to marry me. Very nice, girl. Very nice. Glad uh, glad you guys had a wonderful weekend. And congratulations to, to both of you. Uh, I know that you're... Uh, it's, it's been a, a bit of a... a, a, a um, a bit of a whirlwind for you two. Like you guys met and like now it's been like three months, three and a half weeks, something like that. And you're getting married. So congratulations. You, sir, are an asshole. <laughs> because you, sir, obviously don't know how to count as much as I don't. <laughs> no, because... I, mean, I know it's been a while. You guys have been dating for for a while. Um, you're actually, uh, you know, quite shy about letting us in on the secret, you know, a few months back when you guys first started dating. So, but no, I know that I met Mar- Marlena back in, uh, I think it was January. Uh, so it's been a while. So yeah, congratulations to you guys. And uh, how did, how did Maya take the news? Was Maya in on it? So no, Maya was supposed to be in on it, but she mm-hmm. was too busy cooling down in the water slide that they had. Um, so she didn't know it even happened until we went and found her. And then I had a necklace for her um, and, Pretty much did the same thing I did with her mom. I got down on one knee and asked her to be my, my bonus daughter because I don't like the word stepdaughter. So I asked her to be my bonus daughter, and of course she said yes. Um, she did say that me asking her mom to marry me was too early. Um, I don't know if she meant like time-wise or like too early in the day. I don't know what she meant, but um, <laughs> two plus two equals one. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's... That's how that one went down. So I have an I gave her a necklace, a little mermaid necklace that I got with Marlena's ring, and the rest is history. Very cool. So are, have you and Marlena set a date yet? Is there a date that we can announce, or is that still in the works? Um. So time wise, we're looking at like 
1,800 years. 1,800 years. Okay. So anywhere between now and 1,800 years, it could be at any point. Um, but we don't really know what our time frame is. I mean, we're less than a week into this, and we're just going to enjoy it. We're going to ride the wave. And, and you know what? I'm going to put this out there. Okay. Because our good friend, and I'm, I can't really say the name right now because there is a five-year-old watching. So in order to shield her ears from that, our good friend over west, um, you know who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. He, he has an opinion of us. Mm-hmm. And I wish that opinion was true because if we were a corporate shill, then maybe the club will sponsor my wedding. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, you know, uh, David, if you're listening, <laughs> ask David, see, see if maybe David can get ordained or maybe have Pete get ordained to do this. <laughs> um, I don't know how Marlena feels about that, but I will definitely ask her. There you go. Well, I mean, Marlena's in the chat. So, you know, how do you feel about the, How do you feel about Pete marrying guys? Harry, how you doing, bud? Um, uh, so yeah, the reason we moved the show tonight, uh, I was out of town. Um, in case folks didn't know, I was out of town and got back today. So that's why I moved the show to tonight. Uh, plus, it gives us time to talk about both El Paso and Las Vegas Lights from last night. So, And we also get to talk about Money in the Bank. We do get to talk about Money in the Bank as well. That uh, We'll talk about that. Uh, and Harry, Hurl and I, Earl and I were talking on the show, so I'm glad you popped in. Uh, so Jacob put out a tweet over the weekend that said that Seriously Loco, uh, Robert, Robert's in the house as well. Seriously, local was a bit bitter over the loss to us on Saturday evening, which you know completely understandable. We go down to their house, take a one nil win, and end their win in, in their unbeaten streak down there. Uh, Seriously, local responded claiming that we are chasing clout using their name. Now, of course, we chase no one's clout. We use no one's clout. We ride no one's coattails. We run our own content here. We do our own. We show. don't need anyone's coattails when you have me on the show exactly we have the master of disaster in the house so you know um we don't need to write anyone's coattails and of course you know earl's as earl mentioned our friend from the west decided to hop on the part hop on the the bandwagon here and say that we are corporate shills that we shill for the club because we have members of the front office on the show regularly in his words um now yes david has been on the show a few times we do appreciate david we see carl obviously popping on the show whatever he does uh we do try to get Pete and the coach uh and players on whenever we can but you know earl we've made no secret of the fact that we are not you know the the club does not control us the club does not control the content that we put out now obviously we do have a great amount of respect and a good relationship with david and pete and you know the guys at the club and so because of that, we are given opportunities to do interviews that some other fan-run podcasts and shows don't necessarily get the chance to. Now, obviously, our friend from out west doesn't listen to any other show, particularly PHNX, who, as we all know, Owen has any and every member of Phoenix Rising and their staff on his show whenever he can. Seriously, Local has members of staff and front office and coaching uh, coaching staff on his on their show as well. So, you know, we come on and we have, we've <laughs> always, we've always been, we've always felt f- the freedom to say uh, what's on our mind. And, you know, I, I kind of chimed into Twitter that, of course, you know, 
it didn't like i was like okay whatever it's, it's this guy guy that's always you know that's never like this probably never even bothered to listen to the show but to call someone a corporate shill i think that, that there has to be something there that he's struggling with personally you know maybe he's unhappy with the way his team is being run at the moment so what's your thoughts on that earl okay buckle up all right, let's do here it. we go. Here we go. And this kids is where you plug your ears. Um because it's about to get sour in here. Um our friends from the west I have my own personal opinion about him. Okay? He is a jackass. He's also an asshole. What is the day? What is the day? So Maya, I know you're listening. Marlena, I know you're listening. So that's twice already I've said it. Um, that's my opinion of him. Okay. The fact that he wants to call us a corporate shill or club sellout or whatever the hell he wants to come up with next week is complete and utter stupidity. Because exactly like you said, Owain has anybody... And anybody on there. Sirius Loco, seriously Loco, or whatever the hell their name is, um, because that's how much I actually care about them. Um, so if Vanderplas, whatever your name is nowadays, um, edited version, if you are listening to this, that shows you how much I care about El Paso and trying to ride the coattails of them. I don't even know the name of their damn podcast. The only person that knows the name of their podcast, there's two people actually that know the name. The current head, or three, sorry. Sorry, three. The current head coach, which I don't know his name. Um, Jerry, our good friend Jerry, and who somehow hasn't been in here in quite a while. I mean, I didn't expect to see him tonight, especially after he lost to the bottom feeder, New Mexico United. Um and then Coach Mark Lowry or Kyle Lowry, whatever his name is nowadays. Um, <laughs> those are the three people that I know know about the club because those are the three people I know are always on the show. So for Vanderplas to say that we're corporate sellouts because we had David Carr on the show, um, Robert, I have to hold back. I'm so sorry. I'm going to hurt your feelings, but I do have a five-year-old bonus daughter listening to this show tonight. So I do have to hold back. And that's why I'm using his real last name, which is weird as shit right now. Um, but in order to shield her five-year-old innocent ears, um, I kind of have to. <laughs> so anyways, where was I at? Where was I at? Um, so for him to say that we're sellouts is completely retarded. And I know I'm not supposed to say that word, so I'm sorry. Um, Earl, you got to get us canceled. You're not even trying. <laughs> because why should I try? In all honesty, why the hell should I try? You have Michael Vanderplas, a.k.a. Never mind, I can't say it. Yeah. Um, yeah. We have Michael Vanderplas calling us out because we had a fan of the show 
on air. This guy is a married guy trying to sell his house, staying up till 11 o'clock at night on a damn Tuesday to just talk soccer with us. How is that being a sellout? Because we had David Carl on the show. Cool. Guess what? He'll be on again if I can't make it. And Earl should be drinking warm eggnog right now because that's how hot he is right now. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's just my opinion of the friend out west who obviously has too much sun radiating his brain because all his brain cells are fried because he wants to call us a corporate sellout for having a guy who's in our show commenting every Tuesday night. We decided to treat him to be on to be on the show. And yes, Tom, you're right. Phoenix fans in general are just awful. And I'm going to top that comment by saying Phoenix in general is just awful. I only have a, I only have limited experience being in Phoenix. I've been to the Scottsdale area. Some nice golf courses. Um, but yeah, it's... You know, Earl kind of buried the lead there a little bit. David, David Wiesercarl has agreed to uh, pop on the show from time to time with Jacob being absent due to his time at the police academy. So he'll be popping in and out. Uh, we're hoping to get Harry on a few times. We're going to try to get uh, Carlos Tenorio Sombrero Man on a few times as well, depending on his schedule. To help you know what? Feel... Time out. Go ahead. One thing. I know we're naming all these people coming on the show. I challenge Vanderplas to come on the show. If you're listening to this, it's an open challenge. Let me know. I will get you the link. Please show up. Oh, there you go. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, and that's something we've put out there in the past. We've put that out there before, and people of i've actually i've reached out to seriously local in the past to try to do something with them and as harry said they, they put a do put out a great podcast now obviously they were very bitter after the loss over the weekend which is understandable but yeah i've reached out to them in the past to try to do some sort of content with them and they never responded i tried reaching out to uh down in the valley they never responded as well um i you know i've uh i have not reached out to owen don't want honestly i i don't i have personal issues with Owen. i i i think he's uh i'll leave it at that so i'm not gonna not gonna reach out to them but yeah we've we've offered that before we've reached out to people in the, in the mexico united nation where we've reached out to to vanderplast we've reached out to other guys and open and issued that out there to say hey come on the show and they and, and robert um for your invite last time we invited you we almost got canceled <laughs> so you robert, sir are no longer invited. <laughs> He's Team Earl. I'm just kidding. You can come on whenever you want. Okay, there you talk go. To um, Robert, we'll get you on at some point. Uh, we will do that. So, um, But yeah, I mean, there's a ton of quality content. There's a ton of quality uh, journalists that cover lower league soccer. And, you know, I will say, like, yeah, seriously, Loco does a very good job at what they do. Um, I mean, you know, they even got kind of called out by, by a former head coach of theirs. So, um, but yeah, it's just, it's short-sighted to, for them to put out the response that they did. Number one, it is extremely short-sighted and, 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 and in a way downright disrespectful again towards us 
and, and the work that we do to try to cover the club. You know, and we've had we had this conversation with Jacob or with uh, with David last week. You know, we work really hard to come out and be respectful journalists and respect the wishes of the club. And, and there are things that we know through our relationship with the club that we do not talk about. And this is something that 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 Kayla Hodges was talking about on Twitter this weekend as well. To to get mad at people for not leaking and spoiling things and to act professionally is really kind of sad. Now, again, we take our relationship with the club seriously. We do. Or do we show for the club? Absolutely not. You know, do are we grateful for every opportunity we have to bring David or Pete or you know Coach Quill, who we are still working on getting on the show, or one of the players? We're absolutely eternally grateful to the club for that because there's a lot of places that don't have that access. But not once has the club ever come to us and said, "Hey, you can't say that, or you can't talk this way about this, that, or the other." Time out, and time out, time out, time out. There, there's one. Except Jacob's forehead. <laughs> I know he was kidding, and David, I still love you to death, but by all means, it is kind of hard not to talk about Jacob's forehead. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, except, with the exception of Jacob's forehead, we've not been given any sort of instruction from the club as far as as far as what we can or cannot talk about. So, and the the feedback that we've gotten from the club is that the club does does support the the content that we put out that they do appreciate the the time and effort we do put into it but again they don't control anything that we do and we certainly wouldn't let them um now so there's money involved i i I mean you know if there's money involved you know probably there there might be some sort of you know editorial like like are we talking uh like substantial hush money or <laughs> um i i don't hey, know you got my number i'll be listening to offers that's something we would have to discuss off air as far as what we'd be willing to uh take from the club in order to you know not say things but i i know no. i know what my offer is i know what my what mine is what's your offer Earl? one million dollars all right well there you go um <clears throat> Sir, uh, David, if you're million. listening, or we'll take a million dollars to <clears throat> speak positively about the club. I think, I think you mean a, a billion dollars. Oh, okay. Right, okay. right, right. One billion. <laughs> <laughs> Earl, Earl, Earl is uh, taking bribes to only speak positively about the club and Sam Hamilton. I don't know about that shit. Hold on a fucking minute. Hold the fuck up. Um. But yeah, no, it was just an interesting uh, back and forth over the weekend. And again, I know Harry was involved in it, and Jacob and I were both involved. We both said something in, in response. And so it's just, you know, those of you that watch the show and listen to the show, you know that we are very candid in our takes. We don't sugarcoat things. If we feel like there's something negative to say, we say it. And yeah, so I, I take full responsibility for the JPG being gone. There you go. Full or was hashtag JPG out in 2019. So, um, for like half a season, yeah, and a half exactly. There you go. Um, but it, you know, I mean, let's just we'll just go ahead and move on from that again. That was that came up over the weekend, and I just felt it was interesting an interesting take from two, pro, two I, w- I would say not probably larger. <laughs> Um, larger voices. Say what you mean, man. The USL community. I mean, again, seriously, Loco does have does have a decent following. You know, again, they put out good content. Um, as biased as they are at times, which is which is fair. You know, I think every every fan 
run show should be biased to to some extent. Um, but yeah, again, we've reached out to them to try to do content in the past, and we never heard back. So, um, and, and again, for 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 our friend from Phoenix, I mean, he is what he is. You know, he he's never said anything positive about New Mexico, New Mexico United, or the fans, or us for that matter. Um, and so it is, is what it is. He is an asshole. That's three. Or if you say it, if you say it enough, it's gonna he's gonna manifest. God, I hope so. Like I'm fucking trying, man. I'm trying. Uh, you are you are you are definitely trying. You're, you're trying to get him here. So um, I mean moving right along. We we talked about last week New Mexico United had two matches. Uh, over the holiday weekend, obviously Saturday night down at Southwest uh, University Park, New Mexico, and I did end the unbeat streak of El Paso Locomotive FC by a final score of 1-0. Earl, what was your take on that match, and how good did it feel to uh, end that streak? Um, before we get there, yes, like Beetlejuice, I'm trying by all means to get Beetlejuice himself on there. Um, unfortunately, it's not going to work, fans. Um, back to our regular schedule show. My take on us beating El Paso. What do you think? I we assume have... you're going to say FEP. Exactly. FEP. Um, but in reality, you have one of the top, if, yeah, one of the top clubs in the league. I'm not going to say the Western Conference in the league. Holding their own, unbeaten at home, um, unbeaten in twelve straight. You name it. It's David versus Goliath at this point. Then you have the bottom feeder, New Mexico United, who are sitting at eleventh in eleventh place at the time, traveling down south to go play what Jerry is going to say as the bigger brother. And what happens? El Paso, and I emphasize the L part, um, collapsed and choked and did not beat the little brother, as they want to say, in their own hometown, in their own stadium. So how do I feel about it? I feel great about it. I really do. I actually got to watch the entire match and not worry about it. Um, actually, no, I did not get to watch the entire match because I was at a fireworks show, um, which is fine because I was with my family. Um, so I watched it later on in life, but us beating El Paso is what it should be with the team that we have. We should be beating El Paso. That's how it plays out. We have the talent. Coach Quill has tapped into a Daniel Bruce. To no other extent to unleash Daniel Bruce to start scoring goals every freaking match. I mean, you can't complain about that. And if you can, then obviously either your name's Owain, Michael Vanderplas, or Jerry. Yeah, I, I I've been watching these past few matches, watching Daniel Bruce in particular. You know, getting to start, uh, you know, up top at at the number nine, and he's just been phenomenal. Um, again, we've talked about a lot of folks don't know that he did play center forward, some in college, and so 
you know, he's just been absolutely dynamic. And you watch some of the runs, you watch some of the shots that he's had, the the chances that he's opening up. And you can see here just from these highlights, just how involved he is in every single one of these plays. And, you know, just how well United played against El Paso on Saturday. Yes, we gave up 65% of the possession. But you know what? Soccer doesn't isn't necessarily a you know, a possession game. You can have 30% possession and score two goals. We saw the goal. You saw the goal here, right here by Amando Moreno. I call back how he was offside. I don't know. Like I just, you look at that and to me, I mean, maybe half a step, maybe, but there were so many, there was other calls that were undeniably close. And then of course here, the, the finisher, you know, El Paso makes a turnover in the midfield. And I also thought Hernandez was offside here. But great hold-up play by him. Uh, drew the defenders over the side, slides them all over to Santi Moar. Good to see Santi get back on the sheet. You know he's been he's been trying really hard over the past several weeks to get back on the score sheet. And so, I mean, th- this match against El Paso was something that I think United really needed, particularly after the rough stretch heading into it. Um, but I mean. Yeah, even though again, even though we had only it's like 34, 35% possession, you look at it and you wouldn't know that by the by how confident United played both in and out of possession, um, particularly through the midfield. Yeah, they they played phenomenal that night. They played as a team that wanted to win. You saw it right there. Alex Tambakis stood on his freaking head and held a clean sheet. That one right there, it was an invisible ball where he's not seen it. There's no way he sees that ball until it's at the very last moment. And yet he still gets a save. So all around, overall, I would I'd give our team a 9 out of 10. There are a couple small things that could be fixed, but they're very, very minor, not enough to actually impact the game. And yeah, you know, Robert, you did. You uh, as soon as you saw that signing, I know you were tweeting uh, with Jacob about it. Nicky Hernandez, Nicky Hernandez came on. Didn't necessarily have a, a a lot of time in either match, but no, he was he was instrumental there at the end, uh, especially of the El Paso match, and he played well against Lights as well. So a great signing from the Mexico. Now a little bit interesting. It kind of flew under the radar. Um, ahead uh, with that announcement there. Um, 25-day signing, Nicky Hernandez, formerly with San Antonio FC. Um, what When this was announced, what did you make of it? I mean, obviously, we've been struggling defensively, particularly on the injury front. So they signed a guy short-term before the midfield. I... Look, there's people that's important in my life saying goodnight to me. So I had to take a minute, say goodnight to them to let them know that, yeah, they are number one in my life. Um, So what do I think about Nikki and the signing? I mean, when I saw it, I was scrolling Facebook on, what, Thursday? I think it was Thursday that I was scrolling Facebook. I was like, who the hell is this? Mm-hmm. And then I had to go do some digging and find out that he was over with, with San Antonio. And I was like, okay. And then I looked at the, the contract. It was 25 days, which kind of confused me. Because, well, I mean, that, that goes to show two things. One, um, some of the injuries that we have aren't as serious as we think they are. 
and they will be coming back in the very, very, very near future. Um, and two, I mean, it's just that one, actually. There's no two. Um, but the other thing I do want to touch on is how David, last week, thank you. Because you, sir, gave us what we call a David leak. Mm-hmm. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and re-listen to last week and listen to where he's talking about bees and bees' injury. Mm-hmm. Thanks, David. I appreciate you. Um, but yeah, so I mean, and then for him to come on a first match that he's signed with us and make a pivotal impact on the match. Obviously, do an assist on the lead. I mean... You can't deny that. So my question is, what happens in the... What do we have left? 20 days with him? Mm -hmm. Give or take. What happens in the next two or three weeks? Does he re-sign with us? Or... I don't know. That's a very good question. I think if he continues to to contribute, and it seems like he he might, because, again, he's put... Well, it hasn't been volume-wise a lot of minutes it's been quality minutes you know he he's been impactful in the time that he spent on the field and he really is a good player you know he's got uh he's, he does have a past with coach eric quill uh which is one of the determining factors that brought him here and then of course you know you got robert and the guys from san antonio you know saying how good of a player how how good of a player he can be you know particularly if he's healthy um I think if he keeps up, I would not be surprised if we re-sign him for the remainder of the season. I, it wouldn't surprise me at all, um, particularly with the the injuries that we've been having. You know, obviously you can slide Ham back into the to the back four as we've seen. You can slide Will back there. You can, you know, you can keep you know Harry back there. You can keep you know Brucey back there. Now I don't think we're gonna see Brucey back there again at this point, but no. you you have versatility in other guys to make room for a player like Nikki Hernandez in the midfield. See, and now that you're talking about the back line, <clears throat> excuse me. I want to <sighs> personally apologize to Sam Hamilton. Do this. <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. I don't know what I want to fucking do, but I do want to say. That Sam Hamilton belongs on the back line. The difference in quality of Sam Hamilton as a defensive mid versus Sam Hamilton on the back line next to Kalen Wrighton is night and day. I will say there are some and there are some small things that I see that I don't like. Such as, and Jacob's going to fight me on this one, tooth and nail until we're both in the grave. Such as this past weekend, where Sam slides to make a defensive stop, leaves us one man short, they score a goal. Um, That's just my personal opinion. I could be wrong, but that's my take on it. Jacob said it was a dumb take. I'll let you guys rewatch it. Um, anyway, I believe you're talking on. about the the final goal of the Las Vegas Lights match yesterday. No, 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 no. Okay. Talking about the first goal of first, Vegas. That's right. The final goal. 
I don't know what Sam was doing, but he must have watched the Lion King on the way to Vegas or something. Um, I mean, yeah. So, Robert, I'm gonna ignore that comment. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what happened there. I like I said, I could be wrong, but in my opinion, if Sam would have stayed on his feet. That goal doesn't happen because now Sam is more maneuverable back and forth versus sliding down where he can't catch his feet to get back up. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, and I'll live with it. But that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. I think that goal is coming up here in just a minute. Uh, I do want to point out that uh, Andrew Carlton had a surprisingly good match last night. Um He's a guy, obviously, came out of uh, Atlanta United, had a number of off-field issues, played for San Diego last season. He's now with Las Vegas. And here's that goal you're talking about. Yeah. So if Sam stays on his feet there, my opinion, like I said, this is all Earl. This is not anything Somos Mons. This is just Earl. Um, <sighs> Thanks, Robert. Um. If Sam stays on his feet, he has more flexibility to follow the ball, follow the player versus having to recover off the ground like he did there and help out whoever that is. I think that was Harry. Uh, yeah, I didn't realize that Alex actually got a hand to that ball there. But yeah, so when, so what happens there, and I'll, and I'll back this up here so folks can see. So when this ball comes across to the left, it looks like he's going to shoot there on the right where he gets right where he takes possession. So that's why Sam slides, and then he cuts back. Where, that's where Pato cuts back to his right. Then Harry slides to his left, you know, to try to cut off that that low shot there as well. And so, a couple different uh, the attempts there to block a potential shot, neither which paid off. And you know, Pato, you know, unfortunately for us had a bit of a better look than anyone to expect because like, you see there, like he, you know, he looks like he's going to shoot. Then he faints back to the right. So, um, but yeah, then Alex of course gets the hand to the ball. So I don't necessarily fault Sam for that there. Had he stayed on, yeah, team, I think he would have been so that's a little my bit thing. better off. But. I don't fault him either. I'm not saying he did wrong. My opinion is if he would have stayed up, it might've been a different story. By all means, if you see the ball and you think he's going to shoot it, absolutely do what you have to. But my opinion is stay on your feet. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's one of those things. And you can apply that to a lot of different sports, you know, basketball, football, you know, soccer here, you know, stay on your feet and you're going to put yourself in a better physical position to, to handle, you know, any sort of shift from a from the opposing player. And this, um, friends, is where Sam reenacted the Lion King. <laughs> Yeah, it's, yeah. The, the lights player goes to his knees in front of Sam, and Sam just kind of trips over him there. Um, yeah, really unfortunate here. Um, and, and one of the takes that I saw on social media, I saw it on Facebook, and I know it was on Reddit as well, is that uh, we basically parked the bus. And while I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. With that, I you know that we parked the bus. I do think, and this is something that Coach Quill has talked about, is that the intensity wasn't there for the final 15 minutes of the match, particularly the final you know, eight to 10 minutes of the match. And you could see 
lights really pushing for that equalizer there towards the end. And, you know, it's, it's unfortunate, you know, Alex made a couple great saves there towards the end. Yes. He got the deflection on the ball that led up to that shot. Um, but yeah, it's just a, it was a tough moment, you know, unfortunately it fell directly to, to, uh, to Gonzalez there. Uh, and, and it's just a, a tough spot for, for Alex to, to be in. So, um, yeah, I mean, you said it, I mean, people say they parked the bus. I feel like they, I felt like they did, mm-hmm. but when I rewatched it, because I had the luxury of watching it live, and then again on at ten thirty on Channel Seven, um, so I had the luxury of watching it twice. It wasn't that they parked the bus; they just couldn't move anymore. Mm-hmm. You played three, four matches in seven days. That's brutal. Mm-hmm. And then your final stretch of that seven of the seven days is in one hundred and three degree weather at six o'clock at night. You can't fault them for, and I wouldn't say giving up. They gassed out is what happened. They bottomed out, and they just couldn't get back into it. Um, When I was watching it, yeah, I was frustrated because it seemed like we were packing it in, parking the bus, calling it good. I think I said it in in our group text too. Um, But when I go back and I rewatch it, it's not that we parked the bus or sent it in and airmailed it and, no, we couldn't we were, move. Yeah. yeah, we were just gassed. We really were at that point. Because you look at the effort and the intensity that's put in to the first half. Uh, and really, you know, really the first six, 60 minutes. And to his credit, you know, Coach Cole did make three changes there right around the hour mark. But I, I feel like you could have brought in guys like, you know, like Wax. Could have brought, brought in, you know, any other options off the bench were, you know, Andres Robles or, you know, Kyle Colonna. Uh, Colonna obviously had just come back from injury. Um, so, I mean, maybe put Andres in there, give him a few minutes, you know, give him, uh, give the fresh legs a chance to run. But, yeah, it was, um, it, it was rather unfortunate. Uh, Robert, I warned you all Vegas isn't that bad. Um, I still contend that Vegas is not a great team. I, I still will. I mean, did they play better than we expected? Absolutely. But I, I yes, am not so, sold on Vegas at all. No, to touch on that, did they play better than we expected? A hundred percent. I do believe maybe Seth, but I know me and Jacob predicted a clean sheet. Um, They played yesterday better than their record showed, for sure. Um. But I'm still not sold that they're a good team. I'm not. They played good, but their good did not show that they were the better team. They were the better paced team the last 15, 20 minutes. But overall, out of the game, I mean, we dominated the game. We controlled the game. They got lucky on a few on a few scores. And that was that. I mean, they're not the better team. They're not even equally the better, the equal team. 
Yeah, Tucker Cena's point here would have for sure preferred to see young, fast, fresh legs over veterans who are walking. Yeah, again, in my viewing of the match, the guys just look gassed. I mean, you go back, you look at our schedule, and, you know, Tuesday, Saturday, Saturday. So, and then, you know, leading into that, I mean, really, you go back to the 21st, you've got four matches in uh, 14 days which is a lot for any team to have to deal with. And, you know, you saw Brucey give you know, 180 minutes in two games, you know. Um, you saw some other guys give 180 minutes because because of the, the injury situation, we haven't necessarily had a full complement of subs available. And even looking at the, at the guys who are on the bench, you know, is throwing Andres in there against, you know, El Paso the best call? Probably not. Um, does he need experience? Absolutely he does. Um, but you have to look at who's available. I mean, we had a couple, we had a match a couple weeks ago where we had uh, one defender available on the bench. Just one. And then I think that was the same, that was the same game that, uh, that uh, Kalen went down, you know, possible injury. Uh, or no, Suggsy went down back at home. It's like, you know, we have one defender on the bench. It's like, well, what do you do at that point? You know? Uh, so you try to mix and match and move guys around and do things like that. But yeah, I mean, the guys were just gassed, you know, like you said, 103 degree heat, um, you know, and yeah, all the travel, all that kind of stuff all played into yeah, it. And Christina says it right. I mean, he traveled back to back and injuries all combined sure didn't help a hundred percent. We went to, we went to El Paso on Saturday, played a match, won that match against a rival, which we all know how the El Paso matches go. We give our 100%, if not 120%, every time we go down there. Surprisingly, there was no red cards. And then you turn around and somehow have to be in at least one training session to prepare for Vegas, all the while trying to travel to Vegas from El Paso, endure the 700-degree weather out there, Endure the stupidity of the field and the freaking truck tire marks and the whatever the fuck else was going Confetti, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to endure all that nonsense and still try to play a game with a short bench and a billion injuries to key players. So, so point here, real quick. Um, I actually did some research on this, but they, there are only three teams in the entire USL that have given up more goals than Vegas have heading into the match yesterday. Three teams have given up more goals. So, I mean, to say that, to say they don't give up goals, I think is a bit of an understatement. They were sitting at 27 prior to Tuesday night, so they're now sitting on 29. Um, but they certainly don't score that many goals. Um, and, and so, like, I, I think they do have issues. Um, but, yeah, it's – I mean, there's a lot that factored into it. I'm not – I'm not terribly upset with how they play for the first, you know, 60, 65 minutes. It's after that, that I have an issue with the, the effort. And again, guys were gassed. Um, yeah. The crappy, crappy feel. I mean, you saw early on in that match, uh, I think it was a Mondo like tore up a big chunk of, of the sod there. And it took them a few minutes to get someone, you know, to fix it. Where really the players ended up having to fix it, you know? Uh, yeah. Camera work was, Camera work was absolutely shoddy during that broadcast. It drove me up a wall. You know, um, dumb promotions, hot, yeah, crap field, yeah. It's Cashman Field is not a place that I would want to play if I was a player. I don't know. 
how the league allows them to to get rid of that or to to to, 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 to I don't know how the league allows them to continue to use that. Um, and then the fact that they do things on the pitch at halftime, I think that causes a real big problem. You know, last year we saw the water balloons at halftime and you see the crap all over the field in the second half. You know, you get confetti everywhere. you get all this other stuff. And, you know, when they do things like the money drops and stuff like that, like it's, I get it. I get it's very gimmicky as a way to bring fans in the stands. The Braves used to do shit like that back in the eighties, you know, when Ted Turner ran the club. Um, Ted Turner. They, before they wrestling WCW. Yeah. Um, but I get it. It's all gimmicks. It's a way to get butts in the seats, but it just, it makes for terrible playing surface, especially when they do those things at halftime. Yeah. I mean, I have no argument against it. Yeah. Yeah. Christine, I was surprised people didn't drag those pools up into the stands. And you know, dump them on themselves or something. You know, it, it probably would have made the evening a bit, uh, a bit cooler. I know there were some camera shots that did show quite a few New Mexico United fans up there as well. So, um, and we did yeah. see our our corporate sponsor, David Carl. Hmm. Yeah, we did. We did see them. Uh, it's good to see that Somos Moss was being represented out there. Yeah, exactly. You know. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, all in all, four matches. Or, I'm sorry, four points in four days from two road matches. I'll take it. I really will. Compared to how we were playing earlier in the season, I will take that. You know, I obviously, you know, I think, I think most people have expected to go the other way around, you know, draw or loss against El Paso, win against Las Vegas. But again, we played well against El Paso, against one of the, like you said, one of the hottest teams in the league. We played well for, you know, two-thirds of the match on Tuesday night. Obviously, a lot to deal with there, but now we actually have a couple days off before Detroit City FC comes back uh, or comes out west for the first time, I should say, in a matchup of two very vocal supporters groups. Um, you know, Northern, I think it's a, what they're called, Northern Guard, yeah? They, um, yes. They're very, very vocal. Um, on, on Twitter, uh, they put out a great show, put out a great showing out at, uh, at the Keyword Stadium all the time. It'd be the first time welcoming them into New Mexico. Obviously, Detroit City not having the season they were hoping for this year after their run to the playoffs last year. Uh, Detroit City currently is sitting 10th in the Eastern Conference on 16 points. They are level on points with FC Tulsa, three points ahead of Miami FC, and six ahead of Hartford Athletic. Uh, they come to the match with one win in their previous five, two draws and two losses. Most recently, they lost to Orange County by a score of 1-0 and to FC Tulsa by a score of 3-2. Um, looking at this matchup on Saturday, Earl, um, you know, I, again, Detroit City came in, took the league kind of by storm last year, not living up to expectations this year. Hey, what's your take on Detroit City? Do you think they have any sort of a chance out at the lab. So unfortunately we don't play good at the lab. We don't. I mean, we could be undefeated on the road, but for whatever reason, we shit the bed when we get home. So un and vagina plaster. Guess what? I can call you that now. If you're listening, that is me not being a corporate shill or a club shill or a club sellout, whatever the fuck you want to say it now. Um, no, we are not good at home, unfortunately. 
so I don't even know who Detroit City has on their team anymore. Um, but what I do know is any team coming to the lab has a chance. Because for whatever reason, we don't live up to the standard of it being the lab. Yeah, that's something Coach Quill has talked about, you know, making the lab a fortress again. You know, every home team wants their pitch to be a fortress. And, it, you know, no, it hasn't been for us this season. You know, you look at us, our home record, we're 3 2 and 2. So, you know, we're, but we're still not quite where we want to be. You know, I think if I remember correctly, um, both of those draws were late goals, uh, late equalizers to other teams. Um, and, and so, even with the, the fans in the stands, you know, and the guys talk about, you know, how great it is to be at home, how much energy there is, how, how, how more, how much more energetic it is and how they feed off the club. But yeah, it just hasn't necessarily translated to results on the pitch. And I agree with Christina. It has been better under Quill. I do think fans are turning out a little bit more. Um, and this is something we talked to David about uh, on the show last week. When clubs are not doing well, when they're when the club isn't doing well, they do there is there does tend to be a downtick in the number of tickets sold. Now, David says it's not quite as big of a tick as most people would have believed. Um, and honestly, I, I don't think there is much of a difference. You know, you go back and look at the Wednesday night numbers, you know, from last season to the season. Yeah, there's a bit of a decline, but it's not, you know, it's not a huge decline overall. You look at the weekend numbers. Yes, we were slightly higher last year, but again, this year our form has not been there, so the ticket sales are down just a little bit. With Coach Quill coming in, the results are coming. I think fans are going to start to turn back around and show back up. And so that's why I look at Saturday night against the choice. I think Saturday night is going to be really interesting to see the, the ticket sales and the number of folks that are out there for this match, even though Detroit City is not the club that they were last year. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's historical that every time United beats or plays El Paso to a death match, tickets always improve after that. It's shown. Last season, we went down to El Paso. We played them, I think, to a one nothing loss or maybe a 1-1 draw. The next few weeks... We went on a run. I think we were undefeated those next couple weeks. I think we were on like a three or four game win streak um, or unbeaten streak. And then our ticket sales were incredible. We saw 12,000, 13, or 12,000, 11,000, 9,000. We saw decent numbers the next few weeks at home. So I want to say that us going down to El Paso and beating them and pissing off Sirius Loco. And then coming home that very next week, I want to say that that um, I want to say that that makes it easier to come home when you have fans that follow that way and continue that path. And to touch on Robert's comment, um, we need to make other players hate coming to the lab. I can't tell you how many birds I've given, I've gotten from other teams' keepers. Y'all have the passion, make them feel it. Robert, me and you are on the same boat because I too did get a middle finger bird from one now retired Jeff Caldwell. 
who Jeff Caldwell, if you listen to this, you still owe me a shirt. Uh, Earl, I hate to break it to you, but I don't know that you're going to get that shirt. I don't think I am either, but he still owes me one. Asshole. Um, I mean, yeah, looking at, at Detroit City, and, and Robert's right. You know, we the fans do need to more do need to get on opposing players a little bit more. I think now we they do tend to pick someone out, uh, you know, to to kind of just one person and single them out and give them a lot of negative attention. But I don't think it's I don't think it's quite enough, you know. Um, but yeah, looking at uh, Detroit City this this weekend. You look at their uh, you look at their roster. They do have some guys back. You know, Steinwasher's back, um, but the, you know, Steinwasher's back. Lewis is back. Diop is back. Um, Connor Roots is back. You know, so they, they have pieces there that have been there before. But it, from what I've seen and from looking at uh, you know match recaps and things like that, Detroit is just they're really struggling to um to put anything on the board they've scored 12 goals this season allowed 18 which isn't necessarily a terrible ratio particularly for a team that's sitting as low in the standings as they are but yeah it's you know steinwasher still doing steinwasher things so it's not like they're failing defensively at what they need to do you know they're just they're struggling to find players or ways to get the ball in the final third, you know, you look at, again, you look at the stats and they have, I'm really not happy with the USL website right now because it's defaulting to 2022, which is really dumb. Um, There it is. Yeah. So uh, offensively, 133 total shots, 53 shots on target, 12 goals scored. So, I mean, you look at that compared to the rest of the league and, uh, you know, in in terms of of shots, uh, Detroit is honestly, they are near, they're in the bottom half. They're sitting 15th in shots created. Um, Their conversion rate is even lower. They're taking a a 9% conversion rate. So offensively, they're just they're they're not finding the opportunities to, to put the ball in the back of the net, and when they do have them, they're not taking advantage of that. I mean, compared to us, we have a twenty-two percent conversion rate right now. We're tied for tops in the league with Monterey Bay in terms of conversion rate, and I just I, I you know, I'd have to look back and see. Let me look back at 2022 and see where Detroit was at last year. I want to say they were significantly better last year. Um, uh, Hundred. This can't. That cannot be right. Sorry, I do apologize. 2022. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. It just it's the USL season. The USL website is just not great at all. Um, for stuff like this. Um, yeah, that's still, it, it, you still like 2022 goes to 2023 stats. So I'm going to stop looking at that. Um, we need to find, we, I need to find a better resource for research than the USL championship was, which is really, really sad. Um, but yeah, no, they're just, they're, they're not putting their playmakers in positions to score. And 
against our defense, as good as we've been at times, I think that's going to be a real liability for Detroit City. Yeah, 100%. I mean, if they're struggling so bad to score, we are pretty decent defensively. Especially now. And I mentioned it earlier today, earlier in the pod. Um, With Hamilton on the back line, we're good defensively. And I like Hamilton in the back, which is hard for me to say. Because we all know how I feel about Hamilton. Or as Mm -hmm. I was referring to him on Saturday or last night, that guy wearing number four. Um, that's, that's my opinion with him being in the back line. It's more fortified and more structured back there because now you have Kalen and Hamilton back there who can hold it down while Yerzy bombs up or Schwartz bombs up to make it easier for the attack and not stress out that someone's going to lose their mind back there and give something up. So if you're leaning toward prediction, I say 2-0 us. 2-0, all right. Um, yeah, it's hard to disagree with that. Um, you know, okay, I finally found it. I finally got to the Detroit's uh, stats from last year. Uh, 33 goals conceded, 45 goals scored. So, yeah, I think clearly – they were better offensively last year. They weren't, they're not far off the mark this year in terms of defensive ability, but yeah, they're just, they're really struggling right now. Um, Christina over in the chat, pre injury when Hamilton was at his prime, he was playing at the back then too. It's a better fit. He was, he was playing at the back. He was, he, he was doing quite well. I thought he was, um, I thought he did pretty well, you know, especially, uh, yeah. He's a pre-injury. Um, and obviously when he came back from that, he had some issues. Uh, you know, I think he has some issues getting fit and getting back into the swing of that. Um, and, and so like, he's definitely turned, uh, turned a corner. I think he's playing better. I know some people don't see it that way. There's a lot of people that really don't like Sam being out there, but Sam brings a lot of things to the field that, you know, don't necessarily show up on paper or you may not, you know, notice because again he sam is not a big flashy guy he's not someone that's gonna um you know put up stats in any sort of uh in any sort of manner um but i I think sam does a lot of good things for the team so but yeah looking at detroit this weekend uh, at the lab um we're better at home than they are away detroit is struggling like i said to find goals um steinwasher is a quality keeper defensively Detroit's doing a very good job. Um, And so I think that's going to be where the issue is for us on Saturday night. Can we break down sign washer and that back line in front of them? Because they are very, very good. Um, Again, one of the best teams in the USL championship right now in terms of goals allowed. Um, But with the changes that we've seen, we've seen Brucey up top. We've seen more uh, play through the middle. I mean, you saw Mondo Moreno basically run through lights defenders yesterday um and, and put himself in an opportunity to score a goal and you know he did convert there so i i think we do we're doing a lot of things really well right now and so i look at this and i see i see a 2-0 win on saturday at the lab 
other three points over again a, a struggling Detroit uh, City FC team. So, um, yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be fun to be back at the lab, see the guys again, and get back out there. Um, I'm going to be busy this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do plan on stopping early enough to to hopefully go to the game on Saturday, um, take some time away from from moving. But um, yeah, it's it should be a good one. Salute to service night out at the lab. So if you don't have tickets, get out there and get those tickets already. Uh, should be a fun fun night over there. Uh, we do have one more topic we want to hit this evening before we get out of here. Earl Premium Live Event WWE at the weekend. Noon time for us this past weekend. Money in the bank. John Cena is back. Uh, pushing WrestleMania London. Uh, were there any surprises to come out of Money in the Bank? Uh, who redeems their their contract first? And how much more do we have to see of Cody and Brock? So once again, I'm going to start backwards. Um I do believe we see Cody and Brock going to SummerSlam. Um, I also want to say that we see Cody versus Roman for WrestleMania one more time. Um, hopefully Cody actually wins at that time. Um, who cashes in their, their contract first? I don't remember who won the women's. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> Uh, EO Sky, EO Sky won it. Yeah, um, I think EO Sky cashes in first, but she does not succeed. Um, followed by Damian Priest to cash in, but somehow Finn Balor costs him the match. Um, so both of those being a no, a non-successful cash in. Um, the biggest surprise, the biggest surprise in my mind is the fact well this bloodline civil war mm-hmm. for one the usos are incredible i love the usos but i also love roman reigns to see roman reigns take his first pinfall in three and a quarter years felt like three and a quarter decades was incredible. It was shocking. It's exactly what you watch sports entertainment, professional wrestling, whatever you want to call it. It's the reason why you watch it. Because as Seth knows, as Harry knows, because he also watches it, it's the days of our lives for grown-ass men. (laughs) Yeah. For whatever reason, we all know it's scripted. Some will say it's fake. I want to see you. Um, I want to see you be thrown off a of hell in the cell and fucking get up and walk away. And Robert, just to touch on your comment real quick, I know it's past your bedtime. You will see me at soccer at San Antonio and New Mexico United in Albert in Albuquerque on August seventh or seventeenth. It's the seventh. You sure about that? It's the 7th. August 12th. 12th. I was close. Either which way. <laughs> um, but yeah, you will see me there. I do plan on being there. Um, I am going to take my newly crowned ex-girlfriend, also known as my fiance, 
Um, I'm going to take her and my bonus daughter once again to watch it. Um, we'll also be there July 22nd because why the fuck not? Um, so, yeah, so we'll be there then. But anyways, I digress. Um, watching Roman Reigns take his first pinfall in three years was shocking. I was speechless, didn't know what to say. Um, and the storyline that they're building up is even better. I don't know which way they're trying to go with it. I don't know if they're trying to end the Bloodline series and just call it good. But damn, I want to see Jey Uso get, get a singles championship. I really do. He's worked his ass off during the COVID pandemic, during the endemic, into now. I want to say that from pre-COVID to now, Jey Uso is miles better than what he was, than where he started. So I would love to see... um, We would, Robert. The The problem is that Jacob is that Jacob will be at the police academy at that point. So he wouldn't be able to make it. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, so, yeah. So I would love to see Jey Uso get some kind of singles run with some kind of championship. Even if he sticks with Jimmy and stays as the Usos, but he gets a singles championship and not the tag championships. I'm 100% okay with that. For his professional growth and development, he needs that in his career. And then just the other matches that happened, the Seth and Finn Balor match. I love both of those. Seth has been one of my Seth Rollins has been one of my favorites forever now. And Finn Balor has been too. So seeing those two go at it and the new meaner version of Finn Balor is incredible. Any of those two deserve that championship. And I'm 100% okay with that too. So, I mean, on a scale of 10 for this premium live event, Money in the Bank didn't disappoint. I would give it a solid 7, maybe even an 8. Yeah, I mean, it certainly was interesting. There were a lot of storylines. It seemed to be a bit of a smaller card than what we've seen uh, on previous shows, but... Yeah, it was entertaining. Uh, a lot of interesting things. Uh, I, I'm on the opinion that Judgment Day is coming to an end. Um, yeah. You know, because I just don't, I can't see them. I can't see them continue that going, especially if, you know, Finn Balor and Damian Priest are going to uh, going to be feuding because they're already causing each other issues. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm as much as the fans hate Dominic Mysterio, like he's got a lot of heat. Um, I can't see that continuing to go. I mean, they're going to have to, you know, in the Dom Rhea thing at some point. Um, but see, yeah. and that's the thing. I <laughs> I don't like Dominic Mysterio whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point where I don't think anyone's even asked for his autograph. <laughs> Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? You know, obviously we're not at all the live events, but um, yeah, it's just, you know, you look forward to, I mean, obviously, you know, NXT has Great American Bash next, which used to be a marquee event 
for WCW way back in the day. Uh, but the next major show is SummerSlam uh, from Detroit, Michigan. And that's going to be on August 5th. So uh, a bit of a way to go before the next premium live event that we will be focusing on and giving you coverage of. Um, but I really hope there's some, you know, and Drew McIntyre's back now as well. So, uh, you know, maybe there's some interesting storylines that happen between now and then maybe some other storylines come to a close, but, uh, yeah, I, it, there's going to be a lot of things to look forward to in the coming weeks and months with WWE, especially now that there are concerns over events, supposedly changing things last minute again, instead of letting things go. So who knows? Who knows if Vince's involvement uh, continues to cause problems? Who knows if Triple H, you know, maintains control of the reins? Um, and who knows if Roman Reigns even keeps his titles? So we'll see. That we will. Earl, before we get out of here, do you have any closing thoughts on any of our topics this evening? No, I don't have any closing thoughts on any of our topics that we had. Um, other than I do appreciate you congratulating us on a new venture in life. Um, it'll be an interesting next couple of years to see where it goes. Um, for those of you that did come in late, Seth did break some news on my personal life um, where I did upgrade my girlfriend to fiance. I did propose her over the weekend, over the Fortress of July weekend, to ask her to be my wife. And... Shockingly enough, almost as shocking as Roman Reigns getting pinned, she said yes. So that's the new news of the of of the world, and that's all I got. Yeah, and again, congratulations to Earl and uh, Marlena on their pending nuptials. Congratulations, guys. We do. Uh, we obviously, you know, we've had the chance to meet Marlena. She's uh, she is lovely. She's a fantastic person. Earl, you seem happy. So we're happy for you. Um, and All I know is we're having a Somos Moss wedding. That's it. <laughs> Somos Moss wedding. Okay, there you go. You heard it here first, folks. A Somos Moss wedding. Uh, first ever, by the way. First ever, yes. Marlena has not signed off on this yet. So we'll she doesn't know yet either. She doesn't. Okay, well, there you go. She doesn't know yet. Um, hopefully, Earl, you don't get in too much trouble for that. But we look forward to the uh, save the dates. Uh, so that way we can uh, get our money saved up for I don't know some sort of some sort of wedding venture for for Earl. Maybe we get Earl, you know, a nice uh, JPG jersey or something. So um, I will hate you, <laughs> uh, Robert. I'm still waiting for someone to ask me. Hey, aren't Robert, don't do it. This is my third one. <laughs> aren't we all? But anyway, thank you guys so much for watching. Um, we appreciate you being here throughout the show. A lot of things we talked about this evening, obviously El Paso, Las Vegas, Detroit city, Twitter beef, uh, money in the bank, Earl's pending nuptials and his bonus daughter. Uh, so we do appreciate each and every one of you being here for Jacob, for Earl, uh, for myself. Uh, I do appreciate you guys, Jacob. Hope you're doing well, buddy. (laughs) Every David Carl or, uh, our David, we see Carl, I should say our, our master and overlord and our, uh, our our corporate overseer. We bow down and we humbly ask that you not yell at us for anything we said this evening. Uh, we do appreciate you guys. And uh, until next time, somos unidos. 
You've been listening to Somos Mas, your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United, the USL, and the New Mexico Runners. All of our shows are recorded live on Tuesday nights and are streamed on our YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter pages. An audio-only version of the show goes live later in the week on all major podcast platforms. Our show is written and produced by Seth Bedoff, Jacob Terrell, and Earl Nieto, and is edited by Seth. All episodes are recorded and edited using StreamYard and Audacity.